I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. Hey, Rebels. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Wellness. I am your host, Kaylee, otherwise known as Coach Kales, longtime fitness professional, wellness coach, and multi-certified nutritionist here on the West Coast. As we say hello to our nationwide chosen month of love, a time when many of us get excited over pink and red things, have good reasons for exceptionally fancy date nights, maybe just finding a day to have a pint of ice cream to ourselves and a cheesy rom-com, or just basking in multiple free dinners in one week from dates. Whatever it is that you're doing this Valentine's Day month or day of, this episode is about you. I want you to think about all of the things internally that you can capitalize this month so that we can kind of move away from this external love, semi-capitalistic kind of focus of the month and just bring it internal. So for this episode, I'm going to take a moment and say this is a good time to possibly get a journal for physically writing things down or pause wherever you need to or rewind it so you can make notes on your phone for yourself because you're going to want to reflect on this. And I truly hope you take a lot of this to heart and really take it kind of seriously for yourself because ultimately this is the biggest key to unlocking your potential with anything else in your health. We underestimate how much we neglect learning ourselves and actually discovering what it feels like to truly love ourselves that we kind of just assume that like, oh, it's a body positivity movement. Oh, it's just something that's a luxury or, oh, that's selfish I was taught not to be selfish, you know, whatever it is that kind of comes up in your mind or makes you uncomfortable. Like maybe you've actually never tapped in with yourself and you feel like, oh, it's, it's too late or I have no idea or I'm a bad person. Whatever comes up for you, this is exactly why it'd be great for you to have a journal so that you can kind of work through this stuff later for yourself with some good close friends or maybe with a therapist. I will also preface this chat that if you are in a vulnerable or potentially emotional state, maybe take some space to be prepared for these deep conversations and perspectives I'm going to share because I'm sharing some of my own journey, which is still going on, it's not ended, and some stories from others that will hopefully inspire you to thinking inward and open you up to a stronger sense of your self-worth and your true self-love. This is not the same as self-care. But it's very similar because they are part of each other. Self-care is part of self-love, but self-love is the overarching theme for all of that. I always like to say I love the quote, self-love says I love you and self-care says, okay, prove it. So last part of this, if this episode speaks to you, I would really love to know. And please share this with anyone you think would greatly benefit from having this conversation because it's a pretty intimate chat and it's extremely important to help others and those you love to kind of get a little vulnerable with themselves, especially if they've never been that way. As always, please follow Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram or at Coach by Kales. Those are my two business profiles. The podcast one is specifically the at Rebel Wellness Podcast. And feel free to reach out and say hello or just follow me and we can connect and start building that community that way as well. So I would love to say hello and meet all of you, especially since this platform allows me to connect with more people around the U.S. and around the world, which is exactly what I was hoping for by doing this. So thank you so much for being a listener and taking the time out of your day to kind of get a little deep with me today. So what is self-love exactly? So to me, 
It's constantly showing up for yourself, even when you don't want to, because you know, at the end of the day, no one will be there for you 100% of the time, like you can. Self-love is choosing yourself and your happiness every waking moment of your life, despite the obstacles and the turmoil that you face. So from my scope in the fitness industry and the health industry in general, I would say a lot of people seem to think that self-love is just some excuse to give up on your health. So a lot of people, especially colleagues I used to work with, would say that it's just an excuse to not try to do better for yourself. And that's not true. That's completely even missing the point of the concept of self-love. I think they're kind of just thinking of the general maybe body positivity movement, which is separate from this. It can correlate to self-love, but again, it's not what we're talking about today. That might be part of it, but you know what I mean. So what I've also discovered in that similar concept is that sometimes people can't actually access the acceptance it takes or knowing and being okay with where you currently are to work harder, so to speak, or improve other areas that have been waysided on their journey due to life's obstacles and things. And so sometimes it looks like guilt, shame, trauma, etc. And that is what keeps people shielded from true self-love because you can simultaneously experience guilt and shame and trauma and still have self-love for yourself. Self-love is foundational. All of those other emotions are separate and they can go away. They can be worked on and sometimes they live with you too, but you have to have this really strong foundation of self-love to make it through your best life as cheesy as that phrase is. And I really want to talk about this because we recently had a, I have a little friend group out here in Monterey and we got together for this every few months or so, a women's group thing. And it's kind of one of those fun, like woo woo, everybody kind of chat, do some ceremonies and um, mostly get really deep and vulnerable with each other. And one of the greatest things that came out of this group is that we got to really chat and share our own perspectives on the challenges that we were facing. And some of the girls in this last one were expressing the fact that they were having a really hard time in the dating scene because of all these different things that were kind of blocking their true self to come out when dating. And I've been there so many times. Sometimes it's almost embarrassing how much you might change yourself to try to just fit this one person. And then you kind of disconnect from owning yourself, knowing who you are, loving yourself, etc. This also made it more apparent that not enough of us are having conversations about these uncomfortable things that we experience. We're not really sitting and thinking or chatting things out with other friends and being like, oh yeah, me too. I felt this way as well, you know? So I really want to encourage you, find a good close friend, find a few friends, maybe get together and gather and just have a designated container, so to speak, where you get to chat these things out and make sure that like you guys communicate that you're going to be open. You're going to make this a safe space so that just because you might share a vulnerable thought that might potentially offend somebody or something like that, that you guys all know that you're not saying things to offend each other or hurt each other. It's more of that um, 
And you're also not trying to put each other down or like leverage yourself over each other. You're just trying to hear each other out. And a lot of people's natural thoughts are not going to come out perfectly worded. And that's okay. We're human. That's, that's important. We need to reestablish the fact that people aren't going to be perfect at explaining things all the time. Because sometimes our brains can formulate the thoughts, but the thoughts aren't like perfect essay status stuff. You know what I mean? So quick story time. My first instance of getting closer to self-love was after I had gotten out of a couple of relationships, one very long one, and then another one that was kind of realistically kind of a emotional support rebound. We've all been there. It happens. Nothing against the guy. I still love him to this day as a great person. However, and he taught me a lot of great things. But after I came out of that relationship, I didn't realize how much I needed to close things out with the past relationship before that. And that's the downside to rebounds. They can help you kind of move away and distract you. But if you don't do the work to close out whatever is lingering from the previous, especially if it was like a really painful thing or a really long invested thing, you got to close it out because it's so easy to lose yourself in a past relationship. And especially when love externally affects you internally, you really have to look into it deeper than just, oh, I'm over it. You know, a lot of people say that and I can tell by their actions or the way they treat themselves. Yeah, you're not over it. You have to forgive yourself. So the moment that I had is uh, I used to go to this place that had an infrared sauna and I would sit and kind of meditate, clear my head, listen to some like calming music, etc. And one day I just had this kind of radical realization where I was like, I'm kind of stuck with some of this energy, like negative energy, because I haven't consciously forgiven myself for the stuff that I had done in the past, whatever it is that you do, you know, we always think a lot of the stuff that we do is really bad or like the worst thing ever, or like, it was so ugly. It wasn't me. I don't want to even think about it, but you need to think about it. You have to like name it and say the sentence that makes you so uncomfortable that is exactly what happened or what made you feel shame and then once you've kind of experienced that you have to forgive yourself you have to sit there and say i did this thing i love you and i forgive you you're not going to do that that's not going to own your power for the rest of your life and it's not going to determine your worth i'm going to say that again just because you did something that you are shameful of or embarrassed of it does not determine your worth in this moment right now. The moment you can forgive yourself of everything that you've done or anything that's happened to you, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily forget those things. It just means that you're cleaning that slate for yourself, you're learning from it, and you're moving forward with your life. I know people who have been punishing themselves for years, being stuck in an abusive relationship, or not moving on from those things, or maybe they were the one who cheated on somebody, or Maybe they feel like they were never present with their children. Regardless of if you were in the right or wrong, as bad as you think or even not as bad as you think, you need to forgive yourself and move forward. So with that said, in this moment, I'm going to invite you to pause this podcast and try this exercise. If nothing came to mind and you're still not certain, I'm going to have you take a moment, find whatever mirror is nearby and... I will tell you ahead of time, sometimes this is really uncomfortable, but I really want you to become aware of this feeling. And you're going to look yourself in the eye, whether it's in the mirror in your car, mirror in your bathroom, like anywhere, if you need some space, I recommend it. And fully focus on yourself and sincerely say, I love you.
I want you to write down or think about how that made you feel. You can pause it again after I just said that and just write down everything, even the ugly stuff. Like if you were like, I couldn't say it, you need to write that down. If you looked at yourself and were like, I said it, but then I also focused on how I don't like my eyebrows or something like that. You got to write down everything in this instance because it's going to help you expose and identify areas for growth for you. I used to run this beautiful, amazing women's mindset group up in Portland, Oregon for, we did about three sessions and each session doubled or tripled in the amount of people that came to join us, which was amazing. Then the pandemic hit and you know how that goes. However, this exercise was really profound for everybody. Everyone had a hard time saying it to them. So if you feel embarrassed or shameful that you felt kind of awkward or you felt icky in any terms during this exercise, even if you didn't do it right now, but you do it later, that's normal. It's okay. And it's kind of a testament to the fact that we are going through life nowadays with so much narratives everywhere in media and advertising in how people talk to each other, how our parents talk to themselves or each other. We make money and we leverage ourselves against each other by putting others down in different subliminal kind of ways or direct ways. And so it should feel potentially a little bit uncomfortable saying I love you because you're taught not to love yourself this way. You're taught not to feel comfortable and vulnerable and really solid in yourself, unfortunately. And so what I really hope you can gain from this is that you can try this exercise once a month, maybe every day, maybe every other week or so, and see if it can start to get more comfortable for you. And even if it feels silly, it's really profound how helpful this can be. And you just need to be your own best partner. You have to love yourself and talk to yourself the way you want to be talking to other people or the way that you do talk to other people, just not yourself, because then that's not sincere. It's not sincere when you act in ways where you love other people, but you don't love yourself. So you need to come from a place where you can get really comfortable saying that to yourself, feeling it sincerely for yourself. And then the love that you can exude to others will be really sincere and the right kind of energy that you want to give out because nothing feels good when you get I love yous or acts of love from people who really don't love themselves, if you know what I mean. I know some people might know what I'm talking about, but it just feels fake. It feels like bot, you know. And so if you really want to be a person who kind of vibrates in a stronger energy, I really invite you to get really good at this. On the psychology side of self-love and self-efficacy, self-belief, etc., is Your belief in yourself is kind of a determining factor in your success. Not kind of, it is a determining factor in your success in life in general. Um, Bandura's self-efficacy theory says those who believe they can influence the events of their lives have high self-efficacy, while those who feel they are not in control and have little to no impact on what will happen to them in the future have pretty low self-efficacy. So if we are lacking in our own beliefs and our inherent value, worth, and how deserving we are of love, happiness, success, etc., it will directly correlate to how many good things happen in our life and how many of those things are we going to be able to recognize and enjoy. So I don't know about you, but to me, that's really important. And I know that there's a lot of people who hate the like toxic positivity movement and all that kind of stuff totally agree. There's some things where you just can't sprinkle 
sunshine and daisies on everything. But you also can self-generate a lot of your own positivity and perspective is part of that. And learning how to strengthen and develop your own self-esteem, self-efficacy, etc., is a huge part of overall self-love. So here are some of my top tips for growing your own self-love. And they may not work perfectly for everybody, but there are just some general concepts that I know has worked for myself, for a lot of those ladies in that women's group we talked about, and um, even in my friend women's group, and uh, clients, etc. So if it can work for a lot of people, my hope is that it can help you as well. So the first tip I would say is kind of becoming mindful of your negative thoughts and working on reframing them. And again, not in a toxic positivity way, in a way where you're just inspiring hope for yourself and inspiring strength. So when you're experiencing a negative thought or somebody says something negative to you that creates a negative thought that you never even had before, I invite you to ask yourself, where did that come from? Especially if you made that thought up on your own. Can you identify the emotion behind it? Maybe can you remember the first time you felt this way or that you were told this thought and then it became your identity? For example, I have a good friend whose mother just always spoke really negatively about her body. She'd look at herself in the mirror in front of her daughters and say like how ugly she was, how gross her body was, you know, all these different things, not realizing that later that encouraged the daughters to feel and act the same way about their own bodies and have had long-standing eating disorders in that for that reason. And it took my friend some time to actually acknowledge and realize that this was kind of the inception of when she started hating her body, but then everything else in life kind of confirmed that. Everything that we experience with like diet culture, especially as females, like we're told like your body's not good enough. Your body's not good enough. You're ugly. Your body's not good enough. And then some people will be mean when you're growing up through elementary school and call you ugly or something like that too. And whatever inspires that initial kind of narrative can carry through the rest of your life and influence everything else. So not only from just that example of that story, you might find for yourself that like, oh my gosh, like I am just talking to myself the same way my mom talked to herself or my dad talked about other women. You know, things like that can really influence you and just acknowledging them and realizing like, oh, this is possibly not true because it's just something that I learned. You know, learned behaviors can always change. And like another friend said, we were kind of chatting through some stuff and she was like, I don't know. I just feel like these guys don't like me because I'm nerdy, this or that. And I had asked her, I was like, hey, so like, when did you get glasses? You know, and and she's like, oh, my gosh, it was like when I was in fourth grade. And I was like, did people call you a nerd when you got those glasses? Because like we all know that that's really common. Like, I remember kids being called nerds when I was in elementary school, too, just because they had glasses. She's like, yeah, totally. And she's like, I didn't even realize that like, I've kind of just been assuming I'm a nerd just because I've had glasses my whole life almost. And I was like, yeah, and your glasses don't define you. You know, that's just something that like, you just weren't blessed with perfect eyesight when you were young. And so this whole sort of self image was built around the fact that she got glasses when she was younger. And she felt like she was now in this class, so to speak, uh, that was only going to be like, okay with if you're a nerdier person, you know, 
And being nerdy isn't necessarily a negative thing. However, for a large majority, especially here in the U.S., a lot of people associate glasses with being nerdy, which means you're weird. And weird means that you're not likable. You know, it's just this weird thing that is absolutely not true in the grand scheme of things. However, it's kind of this weird belief thing that, if we're all being honest, a lot of us have experienced. So what things were you told that you still believe to this day? And back to self-care being an expression of self-love, were you taught that caring for others constantly gave you value? You know, like it may not seem negative in the beginning, but if you're a person that's giving all of your time to others and you're not taking care of yourself because you've been told that that's noble, that that's selfless, yada, yada, if you haven't experienced it consciously or not yet, you might realize that like you are not as happy when you are doing that because you are constantly giving. You have to give yourself back some of that energy and attention in order to give to others authentic care and love and stuff like that. Because I will tell you right now, overworking yourself has no moral high ground. It is not noble for you to be constantly tired and selling yourself out for others. It's not cute. Do not do that anymore. I know that a lot of us were taught on that. And it's honestly just kind of sad to witness a lot of people become slaves to this sort of false narrative of the more you give, the better a person you are. Versus the quality of love and care you give is the value and worth of a person you are. So you can only give quality love, like true authentic quality love when your cup is full. We all know the generic, you can't pour from an empty cup, but it's true. It's the best metaphor for the fact that you need to keep filling in your cup so you can keep pouring authentically from your own cup. So to kind of close out this first tip, I just want to say often we don't realize that our constant desire to gain worth from our societally driven values is making us consistently betray our true desires and needs. If all you know and all you work towards are things that came from external sources, things that people told you you should be doing, you're probably going to be feeling further and further away from yourself and a little more emotionally exhausted, maybe depressed, maybe anxious because you're separated from your true soul. So I know how deep that sounds, but you really have to determine for yourself, am I following societally driven values versus my own values? Next tip is practicing the fact that you have to accept you will fail at some point and your value never decreases regardless. This is a concept that might be really foreign to a lot of people because a lot of us were raised that failure means you're less worthy. And again, kind of piggybacking off the last tip, your value is not correlated to the fact that you failed. Failure is a learning opportunity. Failure is going to happen. It's 100% going to happen always. But you never lose value as a human just because you failed. So that's really important for you to hear because a lot of us were never told that, that it's okay if you fail. You know, a lot of people, when they ask me like, Kales, like, 
how did you do your business? I really want to start my own thing, but I'm so afraid of failing. Well, you're going to fail, but it's what you do with that. Like there's been so many times that I've failed with my business and then I pivot and then I succeed and then I pivot and then I fail and then I pivot and I succeed. You know, it's really a determination of, of it's really, it's really one of those things where no matter how many times you fall, you it's, it's about how many times you get back up. And we hear that a lot too, but it's true. And whether or not you achieve the things that you're attempting, it's really important to tell yourself every time you fail, you put a lot of effort into this and I'm proud of you for working hard. Or you did your best with what you had. I'm proud of you. I love you. You did fine. We'll try again next time. Okay, so tip number three would be create some self-love rituals. So it might sound silly, but finding ways to ritualistically practice and check in with yourself daily or weekly can change the game for your confidence, mental health, self-love tenfold. Even just telling yourself a mantra every morning um, that resonates with you, there's so many different mantras that you can find online that find which one speaks to you and write it down. Put on a sticky note if you go to the same spot in your bathroom to brush your teeth every morning or in the evening. Put it on your phone. Make it the background image of your phone. You know, whatever works for you, but you need to focus in on something positive for yourself every day. Sometimes just going on a podcast and finding a walking meditation to practice to get yourself some clear, fresh air and a little open headspace. That's really profoundly helpful for you and your soul. Your body needs it. We overconsume nowadays, as we know. And it's a act of self-care for your self-love to put boundaries and hard stops around bits of time every week. We have literally 10,080 minutes in a week. You can designate at least 20 to 30 a week for you unadulterated by any social media or electronics, etc. Okay, tip number four is a big one. This one's so uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it is probably the biggest game changer for your life ever. And again, we're all community-based humans. We all try to keep as many people close. A lot of people, because of especially social media, have this kind of false narrative that the more people you have that like you, the more likable as a person you are. And that's just not true. It's always more important to have a handful of really good quality friends that know you, that support you, that lift you up in ways that the world is going to kind of try to take you down so that you can kind of make it through life with a little more ease than if you were on your own. But what that also means is that A major part of self-love is related to the concept that many of us don't look at every single friend and cut out who is really not supporting you, you know? We don't look at who's toxic. And I know that that's a buzzword right now, but like who makes you feel not so good? Like who doesn't like every post you make about some big life thing because they're insecure and self-conscious about the fact that they haven't done some big life event, which again, those things don't really matter, but we all know those people that are your close friends, but then we're like, oh, 
I didn't see that you got engaged or something like that, you know, not necessarily in that sense. But there's a lot of times where I've had friends tell me about how disappointed they are that they like launched their business and nobody showed up for them. Nobody shared it. Nobody like followed that profile page or whatever. And they're like a close friend or something like that. And it's kind of a good way to determine like, what is that friend going through right now that might be kind of blurring the way that they interact with us. But at the same time, it could also be exposing the fact that they're not truly invested in you and they might be keeping you around for their own selfish reasons. So if you observe your circle, which I will really encourage you to do the rest of this month, the rest of this year. And if you feel like every time you're with somebody, you're so drained or all they do is talk about themselves, or if they talk about you, they're just focusing on like something negative. You know, if any of those things become a consistent pattern, I really invite you to consider either dosing that person, which means setting harder boundaries of how close and how consistently you communicate with this person or cut them out entirely. And I know how uncomfortable that feels because like friend breakups are arguably the same or more awkward sometimes than actual like dating breakups. But then when you experience the energy that either you gain back or the weight that's lifted from your shoulders, when you no longer have to put up with them or stay in tune with them or whatever, that's a good sign that that is the right person to be out of your life. And a lot of people come into your life for chapters. A lot of us need to realize that we're not really meant to have the same group of people with us our entire life. We're all going to grow. We're all going to change. We're all going to move. We're going to potentially completely react differently to different traumas in our lives. And sometimes that just means that people get on and off your train. I talk about this a lot because it's something that I kind of found for myself is this metaphor of a train that you are the train, you're moving forward in life, taking different routes, etc. People get on your train, they hang out for a while, maybe they'll chill and get some dinner on the train. Maybe they'll hang out for a really long time. But when things start to not feel good anymore in that relationship, it's so uncomfortable, especially when you've built history. But If they are not putting you in a position where you feel like you're getting value from them and they're giving value from you, if it's an imbalanced equation or if it just is an icky feeling equation more often than not, you really got to separate yourself from it. Ask them to leave the train or just kind of kick them off the train, you know, and it doesn't mean they're a bad person. The problem is, is that we feel like, oh, well, I don't want you to feel like you're a bad person or I don't want to feel like I'm a bad person for ending my relationship with you. It doesn't matter. There's so many people out there in the world and I know it's uncomfortable, but if you open up a space, another seat for somebody else to come sit, they can grow and change and teach you something new. And maybe eventually they might get off your train too, but you're never going to have open seats if you keep them full with a bunch of crappy patrons. So with this tip, be really specific about your circle and you have to make sure that you being stuck isn't just you because a lot of friends, especially if they're not really progressing in life, a lot of those kind of people will hold you back with them. There's a lot of people that get off on you not doing any better than them or them constantly making sure that you stay next to them through their whole crappy little sad life. And again, not to be mean, but a lot of times too, people have like this thing that's called a cycle of abuse where they actually might need you to leave them so they can grow. A lot of times you're kind of the martyr in their circle 
that helps them feel like they're doing better, but then allows them to get back into the bad habits again. So you might need to remove yourself from their cycle of abuse to really show them that you love them as a person and that you need to leave. I've had to do that so many times. And a lot of those friends didn't understand it or acted like they didn't understand it. But I'm hoping that at this point, it helps them grow and become more self-aware that they were kind of like energy vampires. (laughs) And I wasn't hanging out for that anymore. And the final tip is that you really need to understand your core values. So I'm going to talk about this concept more in another episode, but you really need to know what you stand for. And what you stand for is your core values. And what you basically base your life around would be considered your core values. And that helps you find more self-love because you're going to feel really rock solid in what you want to focus your energy into and how you live your life because it's going to be aligned with your soul. So an easy thing you can do is look up a list of core values. There's a bajillion of them on like Google images and kind of go through and circle which ones stand out to you and then go through it again and circle down to only the top 10 that really stand out to you. And then take that list and narrow it down to five. That's a really easy way to get your four to five core values and then make sure you save them somewhere so you can kind of really focus on them and memorize it in a way so that anytime you make a decision where you're kind of uncertain or conflicted on what you should do, you look at those core values, ask yourself, does this align or does my choice align with these values? And if it doesn't, that's kind of the simplest compass for your soul that you need to not do it. Or maybe you do need to do it. You know what I mean? So highly recommend you get really in tune with your core values And that will help orient you on a greater path of self-love. As always, I want you to know that you are worthy. Know that you're not the sum of your mistakes, but rather your ambition to grow and overcome them is going to really let who you are shine through. You are allowed to change. You're allowed to shift into a higher version of yourself whenever the fuck you want. So stand in your power, identify your strength, and I sincerely hope something spoke to you today. I'm sending you some big love from Monterey. Cheers to a Valentine's Day that is about you for once, or maybe again, whatever. So I will catch you next Sunday on another episode of Rebel Wellness. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Rebel Wellness. If you loved what you heard and you are ready to take your wellness journey to the next level, follow me on Instagram at Coach by Kales for daily nuggets of health and fitness wisdom. We release new episodes weekly on Sundays, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an update. As always, lean into your strength, walk with confidence, and celebrate your nourishment. We'll catch you next Sunday on Rebel Wellness.